So tell us about School Girls or The African Mean Girls. I would say the play is about a group of girls growing up in 80s Ghana, trying to find themselves, trying to find their identities in a world that tries to dictate who they are. And in the context of an upcoming pageant, the girls are really tested on who they believe they are and who they truly are. My name is Abna Sewa, the editor of Akadi magazine, and you were just listening to Jadasola Odunjo, who plays Nana in School Girls or the African Mean Girls play. Written by Jocelyn Bio and directed by Monique Tucot, the play is set in Ghana's prestigious Abri Girls Boarding School in 1986 and centres on a group of school friends led by Queen Bee Paulina who are excited about the arrival of the Miss Ghana pageant recruiter. But when a transfer student arrives at the school, we see the impact on friendship dynamics and Paulina's bid to be chosen for the pageant. We spoke to Jadasola on the 2nd of June, a few days before the play premiered in London, to find out more. So maybe let's start from the beginning. If you tell me a bit about yourself and how you got involved in the play. Um, so I'm Jadasola. I auditioned for the play in March and it came to me as like auditions usually do. Um, it came to my inbox and my agent was like, you know, this sounds like a really amazing opportunity. And I hadn't done theatre yet. So um, I was like, yeah, I'm definitely going to go. Especially when I read the script, I was like, wow, wait, I haven't seen anything like this done before. Um, so I was like, yeah, I'm definitely going to go. And um, I fell in love with Nana's character as well, because she's such a gentle soul, which yeah. is so beautiful. So I was like, oh, to portray a character like, like that would be incredible. So yeah, I came to audition. I met Julia, our casting director, and Monique, our director, and I got into the room and we kind of just went through a couple scenes and something felt so special about that moment because there was something so comfortable about that room. And it was just, yeah, it just kind of, it felt right to be there. Um, and then two, two weeks later, I found out I got it, which was incredible. But I had a chat with Monique just before I found out because it because this is my stage debut. She was like, are you sure you're kind of ready <laughs> for an, um, such a massive opportunity um, especially so early on in my career so it was like I had to like mentally prepare to like do something as yeah. like momentous as this yeah so that's kind of like how it happened and then a couple I think like a day later my agent called me she was like you got it I was like oh my gosh and that was really it was a really lovely moment yeah yeah. Because <laughs> I know that you were in Grime Kids and something called You. So those yeah. are both, are those films or? Um, it's TV shows. Oh, okay. TV, television. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So very different mediums. It's just completely different. Yeah. So I was really excited to do theatre though, because that's kind of like where I first started. I didn't, I didn't know I was going to end up doing TV first. So it was quite um, lovely that I was, got, have been given the opportunity to do theatre yeah. so early on. So. I mean, what would you say are the sort of obvious differences between theatre and TV? In terms of the process, as an actor, like in terms of characterization and those type of elements, they're very similar. I think it's just when you then get on a stage versus when you're on TV, it's like you've got that screen and you've got only that much space to move around. 
versus with stage you have a bit more room for movement and room for kind of expression in a way that maybe on tv might look too much Mm. um so I think definitely just trying to find a balance between that process and finding that on tv things just look differently okay and on stage it's just like it's a lot bigger so that you know people who are in the upper circle can see everything you know so it's just slightly different different in that way but I think in terms of the process very similar awesome yeah Mm -hmm. yeah well I mean I was gonna say that I noticed that this play had been showcased in America before so I managed to see some of the I guess responses from people who'd watched it so I don't know if you can talk about this but how different the UK version if if it is going to be different will be I think generally um, Jocelyn's vision is very much still there and it was very important for us as the cast and for Monique as our director to definitely have Jocelyn's vision ingrained in what we were doing so we constantly are in communication with her even we have her emails that we can be like hey Jocelyn I have a question about Nana because at the end of the day this is her baby um so we want to do justice to that story um which was important so there are great similarities but I think also from our perspective as people from the diaspora there's just that element that might give it a different um kind of style or taste to it because we are from London so our style might be different and those type of things but in terms of the story itself it's very similar to what was originally played out and we're trying to be as truthful to that as possible okay yeah. so had, had you mm-hmm. seen the play that version before I'd seen a version that was done at the MCC theater yeah yeah that was the version I'd seen but I tried not I tried to just see what it looks like and just kind of get the vibe of the play because when you read it on paper it's completely different to how it looks yeah um on stage so yeah I kind of just wanted to have a feel of what it could end up looking like um to some extent but I think ours has a twist to it that is just slightly different, but in in its entirety is very much similar to the to the well, original. Yeah, we are looking forward to it. I'm not sure <laughs> if you know, but there's a a group, there's an actual a Brie girls group that my cousin's part of. Yeah, oh and God, yes, we got told today that they're coming. Oh yeah, so that's what I was gonna say. My cousin was like, she's in Ghana, so she can't come, but there are people in London and some outside London. I'm sure because it's on for a while, they might be able to come. So it's it will be really interesting to see what they think of the play. So, yeah, you mentioned that you had gone to boarding school. So tell us about that. Was that in Nigeria? It was in the UK. Oh, wow. So that was an experience. But I think definitely there's a lot of similarities in terms of the relationship between girls and the way that is exacerbated and changes when you're in a boarding school environment, it's just completely different. Like there's things that happen in like a day school that are just increased by like a hundred percent in terms of intensity when you go to a boarding school, because that is your life and you're in a bubble. Yeah. So I think when the things that ensue in the play happen, it's like, oh yeah, things are like a hundred times more intense yeah. than if you could go home and break free from that yeah. environment. Yeah. So that's definitely something that I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. So were you similar. able were you able to channel that, you know, your experiences? Definitely. I think like having that experience, I'm like, yeah, I know exactly what it feels like to 
have an argument with someone and not be able to escape them. Constantly seeing them and feeling like, how do you navigate this? Or if you're in a friendship group that's really tightly knit and something happens where like it breaks the the way we interact with each other, what do you do? I feel like you can definitely see that with the girls and how they have to change the way they talk to each other and change the way they interact with one another when something big happens between them you know so yeah definitely I could see similarities in that yeah and I'm sure you also grew up watching Mean Girls the film that we yes yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, definitely yeah so it's interesting it's called or part of the title is African Mean Girls so I know that I mean that's something that I thought of that reference when I when I looked at the title and I thought oh so how will this look and I know that one of the important themes is colorism that comes through yeah are you able to talk a little about that without revealing too much um I think really you just see how westernized standards of beauty bleeds into Ghana and how that affects young teenage girls especially because you know they didn't have social media back then but they had you know pop culture magazines and music and they could see the type of women and the type of people who were popular and people who they looked up to and inspired to be like and if you don't see yourself that will change the way you see what beauty is and change your perception of what beauty is and i think naturally these girls are such at such an age that are, they are so influenced by what they see especially when you're 15 16 17 18 um so yeah i think because they don't see themselves in the media that they consume it naturally then starts to bubble to the surface that oh there's something going on that we might not be aware about but it's definitely there mm. which definitely is comes in the shape and form of like colorism and what Mm -hmm. I thought was interesting was it's also tied to something that actually happened in real life related to I think is it Miss Universe yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so there's actually sort of a real component to this play it's seeped and in reality even though it's like hilarious and funny I think by the end of the play people and audiences will leave the show thinking wait this is still happening this is real um, and even though the play happens in 1986, we're in 2023 mm-hmm. and a lot of the issues that are spoken about in it are still happening and still very relevant. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So. Um, one of the things I liked when I read about Jocelyn and her work is this element of comedy that filters through. So I'm interested because you've done TV before. I'm not sure how comedic or if there was any element of humor that you were able to channel when you were um, acting there how has this experience been well you was a drama and it's quite intense (laughs) um and the subject matter is quite intense um and grandkids which is yet to come out has elements of comedy but not on the same or to the same extent that this one does um I'd, i'd never seen myself as a comedy babe I'd always been like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a dramatic actor. And then <laughs> being able to <laughs> being able to have the opportunity to play comedy, I think one makes me appreciate the hard work that goes into not only the writing of it, but into the creating of it. Because comedy is hard. You know, you've got to get the beats and you've got to find where the comedy actually lies and not overplaying the comedy and just playing the truth. And the writing and the comedy will just show through. So I think it's taught me a lot about learning that sometimes the writing will just do the work and you just have to be truthful and authentic in the way that you use those words and the comedy will shine through. Yeah. So that's something I've learned, definitely. Also, because you're talking about tough topics as well. I, there needs to be a balance, you know? Yeah. Like from one second, you'll be kiki and laughing and then you're like, oh, 
work. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah. And I think that's a testament to Justin's writing, really. Yeah. And tell me about how it is working with your fellow actors, including Heather. I think Heather was hopefully going to come today, but. And I know she couldn't make it today, but yeah, they're incredible. It's so, it's so strange um, that we've all been speaking about how we've been in this process for four weeks. It feels like we've known each other for a really long time. Um, we've bonded through this process, which has been really beautiful. And to just be surrounded by beautiful black women in a room where usually you wouldn't see us is so it's indescribable in some ways. Mm. Um, to walk into a room and be like, I see myself. Yeah. And that and usually you're the only one. Yeah. There's such a community and such a sense of belonging when you have people who look like you in the room. Yeah. And that's why even the representation has become a buzzword in some ways. It's so important. And it that this is an example of that. What I'm getting from you is this black girl joy, which is a word that keeps coming up um, as it relates to this particular play. So although some of the topics that you're covering in the play are a bit tough, I know that there's comedy as well. But at the same time, I feel like there is a lot of joy and possibly that girlhood extends outside of the play with you guys. It's so nice to be in a room that even though we're, we're dealing with such tough topics, we can come out of the room and support each other and laugh and you know be joyous and be joyful even though in to be fair the girls do have um you know joyful moments but I guess that's life you know there's there's ups and downs and we're just like um exemplifying that in in the play so yeah yeah just supporting each other through that is incredibly important Mm -hmm. and just a couple more things and you talked a little bit about Nana. I did like her character, I can't lie. Um, especially since, I hope I'm not saying too much, it feels like she singled out quite early on because of another thing we haven't really talked about is size. I mean, that comes up. So, I mean, talk to me about playing that character and and I don't know if you see any, should I say not similarities, but, you know, any sort of relationship between you and the character? With Nana, she's very sensitive and I can be quite sensitive. <laughs> and there's a kindness to her that you really just want to take care of her. And I feel quite protective of her, actually. Um, and I think, like many teenage girls, there's insecurities that a lot of the girls have that are explored throughout the play. And for Nana, it's really her relationship with some of the girls that you can really see that maybe her insecurities are being played upon. Um it, within their dynamic which is quite difficult to to see but what I love is that she she just she she powers through and she prevails hopefully um and yeah you just you, you want to root for her because you see what she goes through and I think that's really beautiful because it's kind of like I remember we were talking about what we think our our characters are as animals and I said a butterfly because she goes from being this caterpillar and then she flourishes into who she truly is. Yeah. Which is really beautiful to see that. Um, but for Nana, I think she goes from being singled out, like you said, and then wanting more for herself, which is really beautiful. And I was rooting yeah. for her too <laughs> in that little bit I saw. Um, just two more things in terms of, I think, am I right in thinking it's Idris Alba that's become the associate producer? Yeah, he's an associate producer, yeah. That's brilliant news. I mean, there's a really strong West African contingent. That's what I'm seeing. 
Yes, yeah, which is awesome. It's absolutely incredible. Have you met him? Mm-hmm. Not yet. Hopefully soon. <laughs> but it's it's even it's just incredible to have him on board, really, and know that we have someone of his caliber mm-hmm. um, backing us um, in that way. Yeah. Um, because you know we we hope that people love the play as much as we love it, and how much we love being in it. But having someone like um, Idris Elba being able to say, yeah, I, I see the power that this play has and what it can do and what it does for, for not only just Black people, for, but for West African diaspora specifically, is incredible. Because him as a Ghanaian and Sierra Leonean, it's like he's powering Africa. And we see that in his work and the things that he's producing. Um, the fact that we can say that we're a part of that is really, really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, it's like we're on a crest, a wave that I don't want us to come off. Yeah, let it just keep, let's just keep <laughs> riding it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. So I had read that this play, obviously not this one, this particular version, but it had been seen outside of, I guess, the West. I'm not sure if you know anything about that, but is it likely that we'll see this play in, it would be great to see it in West Africa, Ghana, Nigeria be amazing I have no idea about that okay <laughs> but if there was ever the possibility of that and it being seen by the people that it's about yeah I mean yeah thank you for listening to this episode to listen to more content like this visit our monthly Academy magazine connecting communities podcast on Apple Spotify Buzzsprout or wherever you listen to your audio Follow our news on academagazine.com and academagazine.co.uk and access exclusive early release content and discounts at ko-fi.com forward slash academagazine. The music in this episode is called Life No Day Easy by Chechuku and the Super Pong Stars and is a special remix exclusively for Academagazine. Super Pong Stars is a high-octane patchwork of Ghana's indigenous genres, including palm wine music, high life, Afrobeat and Afro-funk. You can find out more about the band on their Instagram, Super Pong Stars. Thank you.